Hey everybody, this is Mackenzie with the Enlighten Me podcast and thanks for tuning in. So excited to have you here today because I have an awesome interview in store for you. For this week's episode, I interviewed Samantha Martin, who is the founder of Agathos Athleisure, an ethical activewear company based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Samantha is a former corporate world girl turned entrepreneur. Her business is booming and she just started it two years ago. Samantha is super passionate about fitness and teaches yoga on the side of running her business, so she includes some great fitness tips for us at the end. But what I loved hearing about most in this conversation was how she realized the life she was leading in the business world was not ultimately satisfying, and she wanted to do something that was a lot more meaningful and contributed to the world being a better place. Samantha's business values fit right in with mine in that it's all about being conscious and doing good for others. Agathos Athleisure sells activewear clothing for women that's all produced ethically by different companies all around the world. In this conversation, Samantha teaches us all about eco-fashion, fair wages, ethically sourced clothing, and pretty much everything you could ask for when you're looking for a good brand to buy from. Samantha's heart for doing good in this world is so inspiring, and she has such a go-getter spirit about her. Whether or not you're an entrepreneur, or a fitness junkie, or someone who even remotely enjoys shopping, I know that you're going to learn a lot from our conversation and feel encouraged by the end of it. I love getting to know Samantha, and I know you are going to too. While you're listening, I highly recommend jumping over on Insta and checking out the Agathos Athleisure page because it is adorable and you'll want to look at the pictures of puppies all day long. There will be links to find Samantha and her business in the show notes, so take a peek there whenever you have a chance. But until then, sit back and relax or keep running on that treadmill or whatever it is you're doing and enjoy this conversation with my new friend, Samantha. All right. Hey, Samantha. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you here. So can you tell listeners who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My name is Samantha Martin, and um, I'm based in Nashville, Tennessee. And pretty much what I do is I founded a company called Agathos Athleisure, and it is an online retailer for ethically and sustainably made activewear. Um, and I'm also a yoga instructor, and I am just a general entrepreneur. That is awesome. So, and and you said the company is based out of Nashville, right? That's a fun place to be. Yeah, Nashville has been, so I'm actually one of the rare people that are from Nashville, and oh, Nashville's wow. been growing like crazy over the last mm, probably five years, like big time. Um, there's so many different apartment buildings going up and all these cool restaurants. And so, yeah, it's a really great place to be right now. And then also the the fitness community here is just unbelievable. It's like a whole, we've got a whole fitness thing going on. It's happening in Nashville right now. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That's the perfect market for you to be in then. Yeah, it worked out. So tell us about Agathos and how you started it, like how you came up with this idea. Yeah, sure. So um, my my background is actually in apparel design, and I've known from a very young age that that's what I wanted to do is fashion design. And um, I found myself in a job right out of college that I was super frustrated with, and I just really wasn't feeling fulfilled, and I didn't agree with the way the company was run. It was a big corporation, and I didn't feel like I was actually contributing to 
either the world or the company, really. And so Agathos was really born out of multiple things, but I would say the real kick in the butt that got me started was my frustration with my current situation. And I, in college, I got really involved with research about conscious companies and eco-friendly fashion and fair trade and sustainability and all these things um, involving the fashion industry. And it kind of, I don't, I don't like to use the word obsessed, but I did become like obsessed with how our clothes are made and how we're getting our clothes and what happens to them after we wear them. And just this cycle of, um, of use of this the fabric and textiles and all these things. And so while I was frustrated at my, my corporate job, I was just thinking, I've got to figure out a way out of this. I've got to do something. I've got to get financial freedom, like control my own schedule. There's just so many things that I, I wasn't getting there that I wanted. And so I basically built this company as all of my passions combined. <laughs> and I, I just kind of threw it all together. I used what I knew, which was buying. And I started this online retailer and it really encompassed everything that I was looking for. I, it gave me freedom of schedule, um, freedom of income. I got to use my previous skills that I learned in college and through um, my buying experiences. And then also combining that with a conscious lifestyle, being healthy, health and wellness, active, yoga, like all these things about me and who I am, I, I kind of just like poured into this brand and created what it is. That's amazing. So what would you say the overall mission uh, of your company is? So our total mission, the reason we are in business is to spread goodness. The, the word agathos is a Greek word meaning inherent goodness. That's where the name came from. And the whole purpose of the company is how can we bring more goodness into the world? And we're doing that through multiple ways. We do that through the way we buy our clothing. It's made ethically and sustainably, which we can get into more of that later. Um, but also another thing that we're doing to spread goodness is we work with companies that are philanthropic. They're giving back to charities. And a lot of these companies are also small businesses. So not only are we spreading their goodness into the world, but we're shining a light on them and we're highlighting them and giving giving their business a chance to grow mm -hmm. by being a marketplace for them and, and kind of like an advocate. Like, yes, this brand is doing awesome things and we want to tell you about it so that they can keep doing that so you can support them as well. And then the the flip side of that, the whole goodness thing is that we also give back as well. So it's kind of like this, this cycle of just perpetual giving and goodness. <laughs> and that's pretty much the mission. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. That's such a good mission. So I guess one thing I was wondering, did you say what year you started the company? I haven't yet. So I started it in 2016. But I did not I didn't just quit my day job and start it. I did right. that for a year. I guess almost a year and a half, a little over a year. And then um, and then I finally quit and did it full time. It was just growing more than I could give. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? I'm young. I don't really have any serious responsibilities right now. I don't have any kids. Like if I don't try to do this, just go all out, then 
I'll either regret it or I never will. Mm -hmm. So now's the time. I'll take the leap and try to do it. And it's been fantastic ever since then. Okay, cool. It's growing slowly but surely, right? Yeah. Very cool. So, and what made you want to focus in specifically on active wear? Because, you know, there are a lot of fashion brands that are focusing on ethically made clothes um, of all kinds. So what made you want to focus in on that? So there's two main reasons that I chose active wear. Um, One, the first reason is pretty much I couldn't find any everyday wear that I liked (laughs) that was eco-friendly. Right. Like a lot of the brands that are are eco-friendly, their clothing is very very like plain or it looks like it's eco-friendly it just it wasn't it wasn't what I would see myself wearing and it wasn't what my friends were wearing so I didn't I didn't really want to go that route sure yeah and then the other reason is um I have always had a very active lifestyle I grew up as an athlete and being active and healthy and moving is a huge part of who I am and that just seemed like the perfect fit for for where my where my heart is and where my passion is. It's really in being healthy and active. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. That's I can totally relate because I love a lot of the fashion brands that are about eth- ethically made clothes. But yeah, they're more for like going out and not what you would wear while you're just lounging around at home. So it's totally nice to have the clothes that you can wear lounging around or while you're working out or doing whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like also since I was starting so small, I wanted something I wanted like to take baby steps. And so, and I still like if the company grows into everyday wear, that would be great. But for right now, there's so much room for us to grow just in the active wear space that it's not, it's not really top of mind right now to, to go there. Absolutely. And did you encounter, I mean, I'm sure just starting a business, you encountered tons of challenges. Um, Did you encounter any challenges, though, with starting a business that wasn't just going to be a corporation where you're looking to get super wealthy off of it or, you know, a company that's doing good and, you know, a company that is female run? Did you encounter any challenges specific to those things? Yeah, I would say the the biggest challenge in the beginning, and I try to I try to be as positive and optimistic as possible, but when you're building a business from nothing and you're a female, the biggest challenge is just getting taken seriously and portraying your idea and your your passion and this vision you have to people and and having them take you seriously because mm-hmm. I mean there is a stigma around a man pitching an idea and a woman pitching an idea yeah. and there's plenty of statistics and facts to show that most of the time the man's idea gets picked or the man's idea gets invested in. And, and that's unfortunate, but I would say that that was a big challenge just for me personally was to not let that deter me or affect me or steer me off the path that I'm trying to go in and just focus and say, I've got a great plan here. I have good intentions. I have a clear vision of what I'm trying to do. And just because I'm a female, that's not going to affect this at all. This is the business. It's a good business. It's a great idea. It's beneficial for everyone involved. And if you can't see that, if you can't take that seriously, then there's a reason we're not working together. 
Mm, wow, I love that. I need to listen to you say that like every morning. I feel like that was amazing. <laughs> I no, I totally know what you mean. Even just with starting this podcast, it's kind of it's very vulnerable to to own it like that. And and so I remember at first I was like, I kind of have this idea. Um, I, I it's kind of done though. Like I don't really know. And people would be like, Oh yeah, or they laugh or whatever. <laughs> And then one of my friends was like, you just need to own it. If you're going to do it, stop saying it's dumb. And so I would just say like, yeah, I'm starting a podcast. And a lot of times people were like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. Like, you know, and it wasn't, I would say a lot of people didn't take me very seriously, but I decided I was not going to let that change what I was doing. I was just going to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And to speak to that, when I first started building the company and we hadn't launched yet, and I was still doing a lot of the background work, people would ask, what do you do? And I would hate having to tell them that I had this day job. Like I would have, I would tell them the title of my day job, but in my heart, I wanted to tell them, this is what I'm working on. This is what I'm doing. But there was that fear of like, oh, you're starting a business. Okay. So, you know, pat you on the head and send you on your way. Good job. But it wasn't, it was almost like my company wasn't serious enough for that to be what I'm actually doing for my career. And yeah, that was something I definitely struggled with in the beginning. Cause like you said, I, it was, it's kind of hard to like own up to it because then you're the one that's being vulnerable and you're opening yourself to people criticizing you or telling you any opinion they have about your idea when it really doesn't matter what their opinion is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people will want to give their opinion. That's (laughs) Well, that's amazing. I think that's so cool what you're doing. And so I would love to talk about some of the brands that you're working with and highlight them. Like you said, Um, how do you, how did you pick the brands that you're currently working with? What did you look for in, in their values and missions as companies themselves? So when I first started trying to compile brands to work with, it actually wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. I pretty much Googled ethically made activewear, eco-friendly activewear, and tons and tons of companies were coming up. And um, so just a small lesson for any entrepreneurs out there, I literally cold emailed these companies and I said, Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's my vision. I love your stuff. I love your mission. Would you be willing to take a chance on me and work with me? And more often than not, they were. They were willing to work with me and they they wished me the best of luck. But there were some that said no and then eventually said yes, which is a testament to my persistence. But um, so in the beginning, when I was picking the companies, it was more about it still is, I shouldn't say it was more about, it was, it still is always about how the clothes are made and what the intention of the company is. So it was, it's much more important for me to work with a company that is responsibly making their clothing, which means they are not using sweatshops. They are not using toxic chemicals for the environment. They're paying their employees a fair wage. They're using sustainable fabrics that won't sit in a landfill for a million years. They're, they're giving back to charities. You know, there's so many things that a company can be doing right. And that was much more important to me starting off was who is actually getting their hands dirty and taking the profit loss and, and taking the chance to maybe not make as much money as they could be because they're doing the right thing. 
And so those were the people that I reached out to first and foremost and said, I love what you're doing. I think it's awesome. I love your clothes. Let's get this, let's get something going. Um, so that was the first step was, are they good people? <laughs> and the second one was, what do the clothes look like? Are they, are they what I'm wearing to yoga class? Are they what my friends are wearing? And some of the things were and some weren't. But what I found is that I personally have expanded my view of what is active wear since I started. I had a very straight lined idea of what I work out in and what it looks like and what I should look like at the gym. And now I'm much more about, oh, I really like these fun leggings. These are cute. I'm going to wear them. <laughs> yeah. So the second point of, of how I picked the, the vendors is, um, or the brands is definitely what the clothes looked like. If that, if I felt like they fit my target audience, if my friends, my friends have been a fantastic focus group for pretty much everything. <laughs> I always run them, run stuff by them and say, okay, what about this versus this? What are you actually going to wear? What are you actually going to use? So yeah, just using that built in yeah. audience to kind of run by ideas and styles. That's perfect. That's totally not a bad job. I would think for your friends. <laughs> um, have you had any challenges with saying yes or no to certain brands? Like, have you been asked by other brands to say, hey, oh, hey, we'd love to be featured by you or anything like that that you've had to say no to? Yeah. And um, <laughs> the reason isn't because I don't want to work with them. It's strictly like a capital thing at this point. Like we're growing. We're honestly growing faster than what we can keep up with. And so I'm having to maintain a certain inventory level to keep us good, keep us cash positive. And I don't wanna like dip into that to possibly put us at risk, but that is something that I'm trying to get over because I feel like it would be worth taking the chance and like keep keeping everything growing and things like that to, to just like, all right, here we go, we're doing it. But that's that's a personal struggle of mine. <laughs> I I like to err on the safe side when it comes to finances. Everything else, I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's do it. But I'm trying to be a little bit more responsible since I'm since I'm responsible for other people and and other businesses mm -hmm. too. Totally. So with talking about you know environmentally friendly clothing and ethically made clothing, you touched on the sweatshops and that kind of thing. Can you talk about what else it looks like for clothes to be made in ethical and sustainable ways. Cause for some people that's a totally new concept and they haven't really yet thought about how their clothes are being made or who's making them. So can you touch on that for us? Yeah. So I like to relate this back to the, the food industry. So we we're so conscious about where our food comes from and what we're putting into our bodies. And we don't always give the same thought to what we're putting on our bodies, but our skin is our largest organ and it's taking in everything that we're putting on. So what an ethically made item would be, would be something that has been made with organic fabrics or it's been made with um, non-toxic chemicals, earth-friendly chemicals, it could be made handmade, hand sewn, not in a sweatshop by a team of people, not in a factory. It's pretty much like anything that 
anything that did not cause harm to the people making it or to the environment. So an example of a non-ethically made clothes, non-ethically made item would be sweatshops a lot of times use these toxic chemicals that get into the water supply in the local area around them. And those chemicals can cause diseases in the people. They can cause um, infertile soil for farmers. There's just a lot of problems around that. So the an ethically made or sustainably made item not only treats the people who are making the item well, it's also really friendly to the earth and in turn friendly to the people in the area where the where the clothes are getting made. Yeah, and that I think a lot of people when they hear ethically made clothing, they might be thinking of child labor, which definitely happens in some places, but it, it is more than that. Like you said, um, it can be unfair conditions for adults that are working or unfair wages, or um, they might be breathing in a lot of toxic fumes while they're making the clothing or even their their environment, which I hadn't even thought about that, the crops part of that, which is really interesting. And, and I think it's interesting with those too, how if you really think about it, contributing to those you know those types of businesses it really is continuing cycles of poverty that probably already exist in those countries because if people are getting sick because of their working conditions and they can't work or if their crops are you know getting poisons put in them then they're not going to be able to grow food and eat the food or sell the food and so it's really a lot more harmful too than even just individuals yeah, absolutely. And also to economies in these in these areas where the factory is where either definitely one parent or both parents in a household work at the same factory. And if the factory has a fire because of poor codes or if the if the company decides to move the factory to another city and they no, no longer use that, then those people lose their jobs. It's just there's so many things that aren't great about non-ethically made clothing that you don't really know unless you you do research about it or you look into it but there's there's so many more things than just child labor or or even fair wages that go into being responsible and conscious and aware of where your clothing's coming from yeah and can you talk about why specifically organic materials are important to use Yeah. So it's, yeah, the same reason that you don't want to eat processed food. You don't want to put processed fibers on your body because your skin can absorb those chemicals just like they absorb your food. And um, organic cotton and those types of eco-friendly fabrics are just much better for your skin. And you, you might not even know that you have an allergic reaction to a type of fiber and it's because it's synthetic and you you're like you don't know what's going on with your body and you're changing your diet but really it could be because you're allergic to some type of toxic chemical that they put into clothes that you're wearing yeah that's actually really scary that your skin like ingests that much (laughs) you know even from your clothing like I've heard that with lotions and you know that type of stuff that you're putting on your skin but I honestly had not really thought about the clothing part of that until you said that (laughs) well don't be scared just be aware (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's that's really good to know and what would you say maybe to people who feel like this is just far removed from them like if they are thinking oh yeah you know that's kind of sad 
but that's another country. Like that doesn't really affect a lot of us in our day-to-day lives. What would you say to those people about why they should care about how their clothes are made? So in general, I just try to be a completely conscious and aware person myself. And what I would say to those people is that what you're doing every day is having a direct impact on everything around you, Mm -hmm. not just who is in your life or who you directly speak to every day, but it's more of like a, like having a global awareness about all of your actions, how you're spending your money, what you're eating, what you're wearing, what, how you spend your time. Like if you don't, if you don't see the importance of, bringing the highest good to everything that you do, then maybe it's time for some (laughs) self-reflection. Yeah, probably so. That's probably a good idea. Do you, are there any stereotypes that you've encountered? Like maybe when you tell people what you do or the types of clothes that you sell, are there any stereotypes around those that you would want to address? Yeah. So for sure, for some people, they, they like, oh, you sell crunchy clothing. So I'm not even actually sure what that means but that word has come up so many times and i'm like i i don't think i'm crunchy the clothes are (laughs) pretty they look the same as what you're already buying but yeah so that's definitely a stereotype is that there's like some long-haired woman sitting cross-legged knitting these clothes by hand which is not true (laughs) And, and there's like this aspect of also this um like woo-woo type, like eco-friendly, you you must live in the woods and, you know, eat berries. And that's not, that's not true either. It's so easy to incorporate these small changes into your life. And honestly, you could have been buying eco-friendly clothing already and you didn't even realize it from some brands. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, it's definitely like a stigma that needs to be removed that, that there's, that eco-friendly clothing is like weird or you're, supporting something weird or, you know, it's, there's all kinds of strange ideas around what it means to live consciously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I know. I get a lot of flack for that, that people would just call me a hippie and I'm kind of okay with that. I'm like, sure. Yeah. I, I don't mind that at all. But I, I also think that not everybody that wants to live in a conscious way is a hippie. Like they don't all want to live in a commune and, you know, drive a V-dub bus or whatever. Like that's not, that's not what it looks like entirely. And like you said, there are probably a lot of brands out there that are doing this that you wouldn't even know. They, they don't look that differently. You know, it's just that I, I've had friends that will ask me, well, how do I know if it is a good company or not? And I'm like, well, they're probably going to broadcast it if they are, because it's something they're proud of. You know, I feel like if a brand has something like that to be proud of, they're probably putting it out there. Um, So if, if you don't see anything about how their clothes are made, that's when I would get suspicious. Yeah, I have the, that's funny. I have the exact same problem when I tell people what my company is there. They, they give me this look like I'm some hippie. And like you said, I'm like, I don't really take offense to that because you're really cool, but (laughs) it's also like, you don't have to fit yourself into some little box to live consciously and and do something good for the environment. That's not, I mean, if that makes me a hippie, then cool. Sure. I'm a hippie, but it's also like so much more than that. Yeah, totally. 
So what would you recommend? I mean, obviously, I'm hoping that people that are listening are going to look up your company and buy clothes from you. But for when we're not buying athletic clothes or, you know, just whatever kind of shopping that we're doing, what would you recommend for people to look for when they are shopping for clothing that's made in an ethical way? I would suggest just doing some research before. And if there's a few places that you tend to shop all the time, just take a second and go on their website and look at their about us and see what they've got going on. A lot of companies are adding charities and doing things in a more eco-friendly way now because it has gotten so popular, but it doesn't take that long to, to just do some research about these brands that you, that you use all the time that you like. And even large companies like Target is getting on board with eco-friendly brands and healthy organic items like it's super easy to just make a tiny shift in your day and in your in your purchases and you don't realize that it's actually having such a greater impact so Mm -hmm. yeah just most people shop at the same places over and over again and just take a second Mm -hmm. take a few minutes to look up and see what that company is all about and see if that aligns with who you are and what you want to be and if it doesn't then Lucky for you, there's a whole internet full of other places where you can find something that does. Yeah, absolutely. I always feel like people don't necessarily think about how they're supporting things with their money. Like when you make a purchase, it's like you're making a vote for what you believe in and what you want to see more of. And so it's not just the product that you get out of it, but it's the whole company that stands behind that product. And I always think I just like how people want to shop, you know, at small businesses or shop at local businesses, even if you're not doing one of those things, don't you want to support someone getting a fair wage yeah, or someone, absolutely. you know, getting a clean environment to work in? That's that's what I think about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's so easy. We have we have the world at our fingertips constantly with our phones, and it's it's becoming more and more important to align who you are with your purchases because that's really how, like you said, that's your vote, that's your voice there's so many people, that's how we can make a change is by using our dollars to make the change. Yeah. And for things that we're already buying, <laughs> it's not just donations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so with k- kind of going with the food theme where we were talking about organic and whatnot, a lot of people are familiar with fair trade as it relates to food. You know, I remember learning that for the first time with coffee. I didn't, I had never heard of fair trade before that. And so now there's fair trade fashion. And so can you talk about that with some of the brands that you feature that are about fair wages, fair trade for their artisans, the people that are making the clothing? So what fair trade means as a in the clothing industry is basically the company has choos- chosen to take on the price of paying a little bit more to ensure that the people who are making the clothing are receiving a fair wage and also that they are in good working conditions, they're not in, they're not in danger going to work. A lot of our brands, most of our brands are made in the US, which has great laws against safety in the workplace and things like that, but other companies they that export goods, those other countries don't always have that those regulations. And so a fair trade company that that is only exporting fair trade goods or importing fair trade goods They've, they've taken the brunt of the cost on themselves 
so that they know that the people working for them and the people producing their goods are in a safe environment. They're getting a fair wage and they're in proper conditions. Mm. And so do you think it's important to look for fair trade, the fair trade certification specifically with clothing or what's, what's the kind of wording that we should be looking for when we're exploring the companies that we're buying from? Most companies that sell clothing, they'll probably call it Mm eco-friendly or they have like eco in something like a lot of brands I work with, they have like a specific fiber or textile that they've developed and it's like eco whatever. So those are usually the, that's usually the buzzword that's used the most is eco or sustainable. Um, I personally just lumped all of that together and called it ethical because that's how I feel all of it is. It's just being ethically responsible. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're out looking, that's probably what you'll see the most is either eco something or sustainable. Great. And I think your point about doing your research there too is important just because it is possible that some brands will want to use that as a label and you know anybody can change their font to be green or it or use the word natural or whatever they want to do to make it sound better but i would really encourage people not to just buy into that but to really do their research what is natural about it or what is eco about it or that kind of thing because it is possible that they're using that you know just to get more business and so that's why the fair trade certification is great because it is a real certification process, but I think there are other other things that you can look for too, just as long as you're making sure you're doing your research. Yeah, absolutely. And also there's also a, a certified organic for cotton and other fibers that you could buy um, in clothing. So that's another thing you could look for, certified organic textiles. Great. And I also wanted to ask you about the philanthropy side of, of your business, of the brands that you feature, because I know that's something that's important to you. So why, why did you feel like that was an important value when you started your company? I would say the, the, the main reason that it was so important for me to start a company was because I was working for a for-profit corporation and we had the company had so much money in the bank and they weren't doing anything with it. And I just could not wrap my head around a profitable corporation. Like, what are you doing with that money? Why are you just sitting on it? Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the basis behind, we don't, we don't want to have money left over at the end of the year. If we have money left over, we're doing something wrong. We need to be giving it to people. We need to be helping people. So that was the driving force behind why we had to be philanthropic because it just doesn't make sense to me to not be honestly. Right. And that's been, that's been very easy to find with our, our brands is that they, they have a similar mission as well, that a lot of them are not only producing their clothes in an ethical manner, but they are also They've committed a percentage of their profits to a certain charity, like uh, one of our brands, Solo Soul Movement. They, a part of their proceeds goes to charity or goes to um, rescue dogs in Bali, and it's like that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Why would I not want to support that? You're literally making adorable sports bras, and I'm helping rescue dogs. Like that's a no-brainer. And then another one, Yoga Democracy. They're one percent for the planet, so one percent of all their profits goes back to earth-friendly charities and helping the environment. And that's just so, it's so common sense to me. Why, what's the purpose of having 
the business if it's not generating better things for the world. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. And and I think for a lot of people, maybe they might not be used to something that's a company, but that's philanthropic, you know, that a lot of people will think, so is this like a nonprofit organization, which it's not, you know, and it is possible to have a company that makes money and where you get to have an income and you're not just living paycheck to paycheck because you're giving away, mm-hmm. but that you get a good income, like you could be be wealthy and still be philanthropic, right? But for a lot of people, that's kind of a new concept. They have trouble thinking, Oh wait, this is a company. It's not an organization. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's a new style of company going around called a B Corp. That is a it's a corporation that has chosen to commit to sustainable and ethical processes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, a new thing just recently, and that's kind of like legislature's version of saying we are a for profit company, but charities and philanthropies and ethical practices are at the root of our company. So that's another thing too, if you're, if you're interested in learning more about how a for-profit company is philanthropic, look into B Corps because there's so many that you probably didn't realize that are already chugging along and they're great and you should support them. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. All right. So if you could only pick one thing that you want people to walk away with from what we just talked about, what would it be? Oh boy, just one thing. Okay. I would say one thing I want people to know is that you really can do whatever you put your mind to, whatever you have a passion about. You can build the life that you want to have. If you're following your passion and you have good intentions, then everything will work in your favor and you can't be stopped. Yeah, I love that. And I, I'm just, I love seeing you go with this because it's not like you started this 20 years ago and, you know, it's thriving or something like that. Not that it's not thriving, but this is pretty recent for you. And yet I see, you know, your Instagram following and just how awesome the products that you're putting out are. And so I love seeing you go because it's not like you're, I feel like you're very relatable because Again, it's not like you are 50 years old, started this, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. This is pretty new and yet it's still going awesomely, it looks like. Yeah. And that's, I have this conversation with my friends all the time and they're frustrated in their current situations. And I'm like, what are you waiting for? You know, your life is happening now. And if you're not building your dream, you're building someone else's. And I just couldn't do that anymore. And I, I wanted to take the chance and I wanted to go for it. And it's been amazing and I haven't regretted it one day. And I truly believe that if you're, if you care about something enough and it's something good, obviously something with good intentions, then it'll work out. And also on the flip side of that, people want to be a part of something good and they want to be involved and they want to help. And a lot of times they don't know how. So if you're starting something and you're passionate about it, ask for help, ask, use your resources, use the people around you because Mm -hmm. they want to help you. Like my friends and family have helped so much. And most of the time without me even having to ask, they say, what can I do to help? Oh, you've got this going on. What can I do? And so I just don't feel like you're in the dark or that you're stuck. And if you want to do something, you really can do it. That's really encouraging. (laughs) How about some good advice you've gotten recently? So I'm on a Brene Brown kick right now. 
and I'm really struggling with vulnerability, which is her whole, her whole thing. And um, Mm -hmm. so what I'm struggling with, some good advice that I've gotten is that vulnerability, being vulnerable is okay. And that is, it's the sign of courage. And I'm actually, this podcast is a form of me being vulnerable because I'm working on that as becoming the face of this company and of, of my brand that it's okay to put yourself out there and it's okay to be yourself and to be authentic. So that would be the best advice that I've gotten lately is that it is okay to be vulnerable. <laughs> that is great advice. I love that. And I think you and I are both doing that right now with recording a podcast episode and putting it all out there yeah. for people to hear. Yeah. So I hope it breeds that for other people. How about, do you have a role model in your life? Yes. So my immediate role model personally would definitely be my parents. They've been married for over 30 years and they are just the best people ever. And they've, they've raised me and my brother so well and they're just perfect. So that would definitely be my immediate role model. And then as far as a professional role model, I really love Sheryl Sandberg. I think she is absolutely amazing. I've read all of her books, everything she does. I just think she's such a great example of a woman in business, in power, and she is completely herself and that's okay. And it's, it's in kind of a man's world in a tech world and she's just doing her thing and she's thriving and it's awesome. And that's such, that's so inspiring. And it gives, gives me hope for myself and for future female business leaders that being female in a business role is not going to be a negative thing. Yeah, that's so cool. Have you continued? I know we talked about this at the beginning, but have you continued to face any now that your business is going? Have you continued to face any stereotypes or anything like that with being a female business owner? Um, I would say recently, no. In my space too, there's it's mostly female. I sell women's clothing, so I'm collaborating with females yeah. and working with them closely. So it's, it's more, (laughs) I've kind of flipped it to where I was in a like good old boys club. Now I'm in a completely female dominated industry and it's pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. Women helping women. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Collaboration. That's great. Yeah. How about the most impactful book you've read? I'm going to guess it's by the author you just mentioned, but. Well, actually the book that completely changed my outlook on business and on my life was The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. Mm. I read it on a plane back from coming back from LA. And as soon as I hit the ground, I was like, I can do anything. Mm. (laughs) Like it was, it's so good. It's such a great book. So you should definitely, if you haven't read it already, read it. I have I've bought, I keep buying copies and I keep giving them away to people <laughs> every time, every time someone's going through an issue, I'm like, you just need to read this book. It'll fix everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I need that book. That's how you know it's a good book is when you have yeah. to keep buying several of them. I love that. Yeah. And I have it on audiobook too. I'm like, Oh God, I need to, I need to give it up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You can listen to it when you're going, when you need some encouragement. That's perfect. Yeah. Have you, besides your book, have you listened to anything recently that you think other people should hear, like a podcast or TED Talk or anything like that? Yes. I am so into Super Soul Conversations right now, Oprah's podcast. Oh, my gosh. It is so good. She has 
Have you have you listened to it? I did not know Oprah had a podcast. How did I not? Oh know my this? god, <laughs> it is so good. I, you will literally don't start listening until you've got like four hours to kill because okay. you will literally just listen back to back to back. It is so good, and she has um, she's got Brene Brown on there. She has Elizabeth Gilbert, Deepak Chopra, like all these really awesome people, and she's there. She's just having these conversations about life and spirituality and the world and everything and oh it's so great highly recommend it oh my gosh has she announced yet if she's gonna run for president on there by chance no and actually she keeps saying no like yeah there's been two or three podcasts where someone has said something about it and she's like no i'm not running and i can do more as oprah and i'm like yeah you really can but (laughs) still <laughs> uh, yeah I know I just wish she would, I wish you would give in already I know I know right <laughs> uh, all right how about a personal goal you have for yourself lately and how are you working on it Ooh, um I would say the biggest personal goal that I have going on right now well just a silly one first is I really want to be able to do a pistol squat do you know what that is <laughs> no it sounds intense though it's where you, you stand on one leg and have one leg out like lifted out in front of you and you squat all the way to the floor and stand back up. <laughs> wow. Like with, like a, with a squat rack? No, no, no. You're just standing there and you like hold one foot out in front of you and then you squat all the way down to the floor and then back up on one leg. Uh, it's just like this silly fitness goal that I can't do uh, and it's driving me crazy that I can't do it. Are you supposed to hold weight while you do it or it's just mastering the whole move by itself first? It's, yeah, it's just mastering the whole move. Like it's really hard on your butt and on your thigh to squat all the way down. You can probably do it like no problem and I sound like an <laughs> idiot, but <laughs> for some reason my body cannot do it. And so I bought these like booty bands <laughs> to like work up my butt strength so that I can Ooh, do nice. a squat. <laughs> I don't even know what booty bands are. Those sound good too. Oh, they're like, they're so great. They're like little resistance bands that you like wrap around your ankles and you, you can do like squats with them or walk around all kinds of things. It's basically like a workout that you can throw in your purse and they're great for like hotel rooms or if you're going to like be somewhere all day and you get like a 10 minute break, you can like step out and do some squats. <laughs> I feel like people are probably wondering at this point if you teach fitness classes or something because you sound very knowledgeable. <laughs> I am. I am a yoga instructor. Yes. <laughs> but I am. I'm super into fitness and being active and being healthy. So I, yeah. And also I really hate not being able to do something. So <laughs> when when my best friend could do a pistol squat and I couldn't, that became my new life goal. <laughs> well, I'm going to try this. I'm wearing jeans, but I'm going to try it as soon as we hang up and I'll, I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely give me an update because if you can do it like first try, then I'm probably going to recontemplate everything. <laughs> <laughs> what business am I in? Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's but, funny. But a bigger goal besides that is I really want to write a book. And I don't know what it's going to be about yet, but I keep having ideas float into my mind and I just put them in my little notepad on my phone. And if I like think of a a cool title, I write that down. So I'm in, I have like a feeling that I should write a book, but I don't know what it's going to be about yet. Okay. That sounds really cool though. I will, I will read your book just so you know, whatever it's about. 
<laughs> do you have a timeline that you want to actually write this by or is it just like a life goal? I really want to at least get it started, if not started and finished in 2019. That's like my okay. my 2019 thing. I'm going to spend 2018 thinking of ideas, figuring it out, maybe starting it. But like end of 2019, it's got to be out there. Okay. Wow. Look at you planning <laughs> ahead for next year already. I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Goal setting is like my jam. All right. I feel like that's <laughs> important for a fitness instructor. So good for you. Yeah. And a business owner. That's true. Yeah. Constantly, constantly setting goals. Yeah. How about a brand or product that you are really loving lately besides your own, obviously? I use these. I use these things called Liquid IV. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. Ooh. They're these little packets of like powder. They come in individual packets and you pour them into your water bottles. And it's like if you if you pour one packet into a normal water bottle, it gives you the hydration of two to three water bottles. And I swear by them. I love them. They are great for traveling when you're, when you get dehydrated. They're great after like a super hot yoga class where you've sweated a lot or any workout where you sweat a lot. I just drink a liquid IV and they've been seriously life-changing and I've gotten like everyone around me hooked on them too. (laughs) Wow. Where did you hear about these? Um, I actually heard about them on a different podcast. And then I started, I like did some research about it. And they're also a socially conscious company, of course, for every, for every, I can't remember if it's like for every packet they sell or what, what their terms are, but the technology that they use to, in the hydration, they have been using in third world countries for people who don't have access to lots of clean water to keep those people hydrated. And then marathon runners and triathletes started using it as like a training tool. And now it's been developed like good enough for everyone to use. But yeah, so it's a super great company and I just order them on Amazon, but I think you can also order them directly from their website. But yeah, fantastic. Liquid IV, go get you some. (laughs) I am so intrigued. Now, do you know what's in them? Um, No, I don't know what's in them. It's like some type of, technical technology. I don't know. Okay. 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 So they're not bad for you. you They're not like, yeah, no, there's no like corn syrup (laughs) or anything. (laughs) Uh, And it doesn't have flavor. So you, they have two flavors. They have lemon lime and acai berry. Is that how you say that? (laughs) Yes. You, you nailed it. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Okay. Yeah, they have those two flavors, and the lemon lime tastes like better than lemon lime Gatorade, which is my favorite anyway. Mm. So, yeah, and I'm not I'm not even paid by them or anything. I legit <laughs> love stuff so Maybe much. Maybe I should be after this. No, <laughs> a good replacement for Gatorade because if you're listening and you're still drinking Gatorade, you really need oh. to check the label on that one. <laughs> yeah, you need to stop right now. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. You just know about all the products. This is great. I'm learning about so many new things between what's it called? IV. What's it called? Liquid IV. Liquid IV and Oprah's podcast and booty bands. I'm I'm learning so much. (laughs) Okay. Are you... Are you working on anything new for your business lately? Ooh, yes. So our end of 2018 goal for the business is to have a an actual Agathos branded clothing line. Ooh. Yeah. So it was 
obviously be eco-friendly and ethically made, but it would be our own in-house designs. That is so And we're hoping that we can get that rolling out by the end of this year. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And you said your background is in design, right? Yeah, yeah. My degree is in apparel design. So has that been your dream for a while? (laughs) Yes, like embarrassingly. So yes, I've literally been drawing dresses since I could draw. And my my grandmother was a seamstress. She could make anything. And I've just been, I grew up with a sewing machine. And yeah, it's been like since day one. When I was young was when uh, Project Runway had like just started. And I was so into it. Just all about it. Gotta be on Project Runway. And then little did I know, having a design degree, going to school to be an apparel designer, it's four years of Project Runway. (laughs) It was really intense, like sewing through the night, like turning in a project. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Having it fall apart as you're presenting it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Um, One of my guests that I will have on is a friend of mine that's a fashion designer, and she was on Project Runway. Oh, how cool. I know. She Okay, yeah. she she always says, she's like, but I didn't actually make it far enough to be on TV. And I'm like, I don't care. I think that's so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. I, like, I can only imagine how hard it actually is. And oh, oh yeah. 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 No, I'm sure. No, well, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to ask her about that experience just for you because I feel like you would appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> for sure. I would, I would love to know. I should, yeah. we should talk. Yeah, you should. Yes. She maybe she has some ideas for you with design. I think that's so yeah. cool though. So are you working on designing some of the line right now? Yes. Yeah. We have some pieces designed already and then we're hoping to add a few more and then we're also in the process now of finding a manufacturer too. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was gonna ask, um, how are you looking for that? Like are you looking for something in the US or abroad or how are you looking for that manufacturer? Yeah, definitely something in the U.S. for multiple reasons. I want to keep it in the U.S., keep it a U.S.-based business and company, and then also to help our own economy. And then for more practical purposes, also like shipping costs just be cheaper through like internal Mm -hmm. through the U.S. And, and, um, And I'm hoping we can find somewhere in Nashville so it would be an even more locally driven, like all those dollars would be coming right back into Nashville. That's really cool. I love that. And you guys don't have a store location, right? It's all online right now? Yes, online only. And that was actually on purpose. Um, we do pop-up shops around Nashville to spread the word and go, mm-hmm. we go into yoga studios and things like that. But um, I created the company for job flexibility and so that is the reason we we don't have like a centralized working space because I want everyone to be you're you're responsible for your tasks and I trust you to get them done and you don't need me looking over your shoulder to tell you what to do. And so that's that's on purpose. We wanted it online so it can be remote. We can work from anywhere. That type of vibe. You are so cool. You would just be the best person to work for ever. I would love to have you as a boss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it comes from working at a place where you, where you don't like it. Yes. Yeah. And you disagree with, with how things are being run that, that literally that was like, I'm going to create a company that is the exact opposite of this. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, you can learn a lot about what you want and what kind of leader you want to be when you are under bad leadership. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Well, this is awesome. So how can people connect with you or learn more about Agathos? How, How can they find you? Yeah, I I personally I'm on Instagram at Samantha doing stuff, no spaces, all one word. <laughs> and then the Agathos Instagram is at agathos.athleisure and agathos is A G A T H O S. So agathos.athleisure and then our website is just agathosathleisure.com. Awesome. And we will post links to the website and to all the books that you recommended. Also, Oprah's podcast. Yeah. And maybe I'll even try to find a video of someone doing a pistol squat. <laughs> maybe maybe it will be me after yeah. I master it. <laughs> or maybe me if I can ever do it. <laughs> yeah. If you master it soon, let me know and we can post a video of you doing it. That would be great. <laughs> uh, no, this has been so great. I so appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to me and educate everybody. I love talking about ethically and socially responsible clothing because it's something that we all buy, like clothes are something we all invest in. And I would just love to see people, you know, make the most of that investment and support something really cool. And so thanks for educating us on that. And thank you for running such an awesome business where we can feel confident in what we purchase (laughs) because we need more of that. Yeah, thank you. And also I want to, this is a conversation. And if, if anyone has questions about ethically made clothing or anything that we've talked about today, but feel free to email us. Our email is on our Instagram and we would love to keep the conversation going and, and just educate more and get more awareness around living consciously. But thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. You are so welcome. I'm so glad you could come. And we were so close to making it the whole time without my dog barking, but he had to jump in. I know. <laughs> right there he is. But I know you're, I know Agathos loves puppies, right? That's part of your thing. Yes. Yes. yes so you're welcome in the conversation, puppy. Okay. Always. <laughs> no, anyways, I so appreciate you and I just love what you're doing and I can't wait to keep following you guys and see this new clothing line. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. All right. If you're anything like me, you now want Samantha to be your new best friend. As soon as we got done recording, I told her that if I lived in Nashville, I would be bugging her all the time because I would want to be her friend. Isn't she amazing? I loved everything she had to share. And I will say that I did in fact try the pistol squat right after we hung up in my jeans and it was definitely not going to happen. And it's not just because of my jeans. I had to Google a picture of it to see exactly what it looked like before I tried and it does look deceptively easy. But I assure you friends, it's not. However, I still want you to try it so you can believe it for yourself. So either Google a picture or look at the video I posted in the show notes so you can see what it looks like. The video is not of me and it's also not of Samantha. As far as I know, she has still not mastered that. But you heard how ambitious she is. I'm sure she will soon. Anyways, I want everybody to try it out and tell me how it goes because if you can do it, I'm going to be seriously impressed. There were so many things from this conversation that I haven't stopped thinking about. I had honestly never thought about the environmental effects that are taking place because of our clothing production. I had heard about these effects on our air quality, but I had really never heard about the fact that it is affecting soil and water and things like that and how this ultimately links to poverty. 
This is such a pressing need, especially in developing countries where we oftentimes are outsourcing our clothing production. This also made me think about the conditions that so many factory employees are working in. As Samantha mentioned, so many of us that are listening are fortunate enough to be living in countries where there are strict working condition laws, but oftentimes others aren't so lucky. I encourage you to think about this the next time you feel like you're finding a good deal. Usually, when clothing and other goods are so cheap, it's because someone else is taking a loss for them. Now, this might be because the company themselves has stepped in and decided they were going to take the loss, like Samantha said, so that their employees could be in safe conditions, but usually that's not the case. Usually, it's people that we can't see on the other end of this production system that are at a loss because of our good deal. I'm doing air quotes because you can't see me. Samantha also touched on the idea of clothing waste and what's happening to our clothes when we're done wearing them. So much of our society has taught us to be over consumers and that we really need this or need that, when in reality, the majority of us have hardly ever experienced a true need. I'm not saying this to make anybody feel guilty and I don't want anyone to feel ashamed walking away from this conversation, but instead I want you to feel encouraged and ready to go and ready to start really thinking about where you're putting your money and what you're voting for when you spend it. Before you make your next purchase, think about the need. Is it really necessary? Is it something you really need in your life? And if so, whose expense is it at? Is it at someone's expense who you can't see? Or maybe even our planet's expense? It's asking questions like these that are going to help to change the world. It's not too late, and I know it's hard to break habits, and it's hard to change lifestyles. But this isn't going to be an overnight thing. Like Samantha said, it's an ongoing conversation, and it's about learning more and doing your research and asking the uncomfortable questions and then making little changes here and there. There were so many things that Samantha and I touched on that I want to dive into even more. Like she said, ethically sourced clothing is about so much more than fair wages. Several of the topics we touched on could be entire podcast episodes themselves, I'm pretty sure. So I would love to hear what you guys want to know more about. What's important to you to learn more about? What's something that you didn't know about before that you want to hear more on? And what are some questions that you have? Like I said, I want to be Samantha's new best friend, so I'm totally happy to have her back as a guest so we can keep these conversations going. Samantha also really opened my eyes when we were talking about the eco-friendly clothing and buying organic materials for our clothes. I've heard this stat before that our skin absorbs up to 60% of what we put on it, but I had really never thought about how this applies to our clothing too. I'm a firm believer that we need to treat our skin just like we treat our internal organs because like Samantha said, it is our biggest organ and so we need to take care of it. She really made me rethink how I'm gonna look at clothing and what I'm gonna be checking for in labels, which I loved. And I have to say, I love her attitude when it comes to philanthropy and doing good for the world. I love that she is bridging the gap between non-for-profit organizations and for-profit businesses and showing how they can both contribute to the good of society and that not all companies are simply money-hungry, corporate ladder machines, but that there are some inherently good businesses out there who we can trust and who we can be happy to give our money to. I felt super encouraged by Samantha and ready to change even some parts of my own lifestyle, and I also think she could probably make a career out of motivational speaking. Even though she hasn't written her book yet, I can't wait to read it whenever it does come out. 
I hope you feel the same way. I hope you feel encouraged and enlightened and educated and empowered to go make change in the world. And by making change in the world, I know that sounds like a really big task, but it really just starts with your own life. Because not only are you going to make change through how you make purchases, but others are going to see that. Others that are close to you will see the changes that you're making and then you'll have an opportunity to educate them too. If you want to see anything that Samantha and I referenced today, you can look at the show notes on my website, heartfelthippy.wordpress.com, or in the description of the show on the app that you're listening to. Thanks again for listening in with me, and get excited for my next episode releasing in two weeks, where I'm speaking with my friend Janelle, all about an uncomfortable topic that desperately needs to be addressed, and that is racism. Keep learning and seeking to live well, because you can do it. You can change the world. Talk to you soon. Peace out.